welcome to The Road to Tinue. My name's Margaret, and today I'm joined by amateur game designer Jeff Boltz. Hi, Jeff. How's The Road to Tinue? It's doing pretty good so far. How did you first hear about the book? About all books? About these books. Or about these very... The books that these... bring us together today. <laughs> oh, these very specific books. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, random Chance. I like to, uh, if I have nothing to read, like my library is pretty extensive in general, but, you know, I could have a thousand books and be like, I got nothing to read. But when I get into one of those moods, I, I, I go to the library and just start perusing around and looking at covers and and on one, one day, I'm just looking and I pick up Name of the Wind and uh, looks kind of cool, looks a little flowery. It was a... Uh, it was the first edition copy with the uh, weird statue guy on the front with the leaves and whatever that thing is. doesn't make any sense to be on it. But it, it was that one, so I'm looking at it, and I turn it around. And at that point, I'm a big Shannara fan or a Terry Brooks fan. And on the back, there's a little blurb of Terry Brooks saying, this is a great book. And I'm like, oh, well, if he says so, I'll bring, bring it home. So I brought that one home and started reading it and didn't put it down and read it some more the next day and the next day. And then I was done. And I said, wow. And that book literally instantly rose to the top of my favorites list. And next that day after that, I went and got Wise Man's Fear, read that through in a couple of days and was hooked after that. So thanks, Terry Brooks. By all <laughs> means, go read his books, too. Uh, cool little story there is their first edition copy after I gave it back uh, about two years later they were having a book sale and I was able to pick up that exact copy that I read it for the first time for like 50 cents That's granted it's pretty it's pretty beat up but it's pretty special to me since that was the very first one I read it's signed now too so that's kind of cool aww <laughs> How many times have you read the books? I can't say for sure, but my best guess is five or six. I'm thinking six. And that's uh, that's reading Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear. I have read uh, the Ari one once, the Basque story once, and I just tried to read that uh, How Old Holly Came to Be again the other day and kind of just closed it. But I read that once. Yeah, it's a little different than the others. More it's different, a, it, I think, than even... A lot of people don't like the slow regard of silent things. Mm -hmm. It's too different. I don't like it. It's not the main story. Well, it, he wrote it in, like, her voice. So it was. it had to be this weird, like, just way of writing it to tell her story. Which I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Because I like Ari a lot. And... To hear a story from kind of her point of view and writing was very refreshing. But I think that Old Holly is even <laughs> harder to read. Way harder. Well, it, it's, it's short, so that's got something for it. And the problem is it's just you read it trying to find certain things in it to tell you, like, what it is, where it is, who the lady is, and... 
it doesn't really give you enough clues to do that. Which is frustrating for especially this fandom where all we do is read the books looking for clues to figure out stuff. So that story's a little frustrating. It's not bad, but it's I think he did mention that it's just it's just this weird thing he wrote that that's it, that's all it is. Now on top of reading all that, I have listened to the audiobooks at least four times by now. I totally count listening to the audiobooks as reading the books. Do you? Yeah, so we can say it's been like nine or ten times. Okay. All right, well, we'll, we'll switch to that. One time, I listened to it all the way through, and for some reason, I really wanted to do it again right away. <laughs> so but that time, I actually went... So I did, but I changed it up a bit. I went in and like took out all the interlude parts and just listened to the whole thing of just the story Coates saying. So like I took out all the interlude parts and started from the beginning of when he starts telling the story. And even like all the other parts where it cuts into the bar and the waystone, I cut all that out so it's all just one seamless all the way through. How was that? And that's actually... It was actually pretty good. I, I really liked how it uh, fell through, which got me thinking about what I, I would really like Pat to do after the third book's out and he wants to put something out. I would really like a copy of like a leather-bound volume of just the story he tells Chronicler and have it be like this really cool leather-bound, just that story, and it even has like Devin Lockies as the author of it. Yeah. Name of the Wind, Chronicler's Edition. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be pretty sweet. That would be something to add to the collection. Just to, that's, because that would be something that would exist in Temerant at that, after that. If he gets that published, that would be a book that would exist there. That's and I think that would be actually pretty cool. if he gets that published. Because it's entirely possible he, that Bass is just going to kill him, or Foth is going to just burn and burn all of his papers or <laughs> nobody's going to believe him they're going to be like the no, last page no <laughs> the last page gets written and he gets mad and decides to take the whole thing and just throw it in the trash <laughs> like oh no what are you doing <laughs> that's always possible i just did a short little reread where i just read the stories in the book Mm-hmm. So I was just I was reading okay. about the creation war and about yeah, Jax right. and about the boy, and that was interesting because it kind of the first time I read the books I didn't really think about them very much, mm-hmm. and so they weren't really locked into my memory. And people are talking about them, and I'm like, what, 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 huh? So I just wanted oh, yeah. to to kind of get oh, yeah. that all ground in a little bit more deeply. Yeah, because, like, you go back and read those stories, and the first time, they're just stories. That's all they are. And then your second time, you start realizing that those stories are the bones of what's going on in this other story that you're reading about. And and then you start actually delving into these other stories, trying to look for these clues and stuff, because Pat has done an outstanding job of giving you just enough clues to just, maybe this theory might be right. And there's a surprising amount hidden in the music, too. Like the songs that the children sing. And the song, yeah. 
Well, that's like uh, the uh, the Sir Sabian song. I would love to see like a, a actual written out version of that whole song because I guarantee that song tells a story that we might have heard before. That if we knew that story all the way through, we could probably put a couple more pieces together for you know perhaps you know Lonry's story or whoever or whatever. But I feel that song in general has a lot of hidden mysteries in there too and just you know the chandran songs the kids sing and yeah, there's a lot of hidden stuff in there it's ridiculous how much he's able to do that he's an excellent author i wonder if he was planning on having so much infighting among the fans on what this is and what that is and and he's just sitting up there on his throne just laughing at us because he knows the answers too i imagine no <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't think he was writing it like <laughs> Probably not. So we introduced you as an amateur game designer and as a game designer, what did you think of the games in the books? Corner seemed a lot of fun. Uh what was it? Dog's Breath, I believe he talked about for a little bit, uh Sounded pretty much just like poker. And then uh, Tack, of course. Of course. He's always Tack. And Tack's fun. Tack's a lot of fun. If you, if you ever get a chance to play, you got to get out there and play it. I've played on the Play Tack website. I don't know if you've been there. Uh, I, I went on there a little bit and played a few against like the computer. Mm. And it's not, a, it's not a bad way to learn the game or to like test it and all that stuff i got i got frustrated until i finally found that there was like a go back key i think because i would make like a bad mistake or just a mistake on like clicking it or something but uh from what i hear they should be working on like an actual mobile app which if that ever takes place that'd be really nice oh wow I heard that they were they were talking about an app, but it was looking really, really hard, and they were focusing more mm-hmm. on the uh, board game right now. Yeah. I, I bet the half the thing is just getting the uh, it programmed right mm. for the AI to play it. Do you have your own copy of TAC? TAC, I do. I, uh, <clears throat> I couldn't afford the uh, classic box that they were selling on the kickstarter at least at not at that time so i backed the kickstarter and got the book and that was pretty much it and then i decided i still wanted to play though so i went out to the craft store and bought uh like poker chip sized uh you know pieces of wood and a board and i went and painted it and it looks really nice and instead of like flat stones i use uh like poker chips, and I just pretty much did a line on one side, and you flip it over, and there's a wall, and you flip it back, and looks really nice, actually. I play it almost every day at work. Been uh, getting a few other people into it. That's awesome. Back to what you said about corners. To me, that always sounds like Whist. I've never played Whist. How does that play? I have no idea, but I read about it in books about stuff from uh, the Revolutionary Time. And it's uh-huh. with, the way it's described in those books is similar to the way Corners is described. It, it always sounded to me like Euchre. Oh. You played Euchre? No, but I uh, read about it. 
Yeah, it's because it, you, you got a teammate on the other side of the table and you play with four and it's a trick-taking game. And I think that might have been his, like, inspiration for it and how he kind of describes it. But kind of like tack, I kind of want to see them tackle it and bring the whole uh, new thing of rules with it. I think that would be really fun. I wonder if you would play it with just a regular card deck and they would just release a book like they did with the tack book. Well, what I could, what I would uh, kind of want them to do is release the game through like Kickstarter, and you're pretty much buying like a Temerant themed deck, and they might have a couple different decks, like their normal cards, and maybe not necessarily different suits because they're always saying spades and this and that. So I'm assuming they're the same suits, but like they could totally have like a Temerant themed deck easily, and that might that might be pretty cool. Because, like, uh, they, they already have a deck of cards that's based on Name of the Wind, but this one wouldn't be based on the book itself. It would be based, like, these are cards from the land. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I could see them doing that. That would be really cool. I'd back that and buy a few of the decks, and then it would come with, like, a little book of rules and stuff like that. Have you seen the um, the Modegan or the Fane Pairs decks? I have. They're beautiful. That, that's where I get, like, uh everybody's like arguing about what bass looks like and who this guy looks like i'm like it's right on the cards those are okayed by pat they're right there <laughs> i unfortunately i haven't seen them so we haven't seen them yet I, I, i've seen like the, a couple pictures but i don't have a copy of the, the physical actual yeah, cards. Yeah. it's a dream though it's a dream to have those yeah <laughs> yeah that was uh the first uh cheap ass games uh kickstarter that i backed was for the uh pairs was the pairs deck and i ended up spending like a hundred bucks to make sure i had like uh two packs of each kind that i wanted <laughs> which it's a good thing it turned out to be a pretty fun game too yeah i have a copy of the barmaids deck which is great for playing the game <laughs> but not so great for just being a pet yeah. fan <laughs> I, I like the name of the wind ones but those are usually not the ones i bring out to play i usually bring out the basic fruit ones huh. just because they're I don't know. I think, like, for the game itself, though, that was the deck made for that game. And then the rest were just themes and stuff like that. But I also have the, uh, the pirate-themed one, too. That one's pretty good. I wouldn't mind uh, getting a copy of have you the seen princess the, uh... one, too. Princess and Mr. Whipple. Mm. Yeah, by now, there's, uh, there's got to be at least 15 different themed decks they're putting out. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, what was it white rabbit uh, cards that they put out the uh, like normal deck of cards? Only that in came the Tinker's out pack, and I've seen mm. the uh, the magnet with Pat as the King of Hearts. Nice, yeah, I I, uh, kicked, I backed that as well when that came out, so I have a couple packs of those laying around. Do you have the the special blue backing? Uh, the uh, how was it the Tavern in the Great deck where it's uh, the trick deck? Maybe. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I I I pride the, the issue is I pride myself in a collector. Like I, I I love Name of the Wind so much. I would like to collect all their stuff, and especially game wise, I would love to do that as well. It just he puts it out so much stuff. I, I can't afford everything. I also have the uh, Dracus Standy from uh, King of Tokyo. Oh, fun! I only played King of Tokyo for the first time over Thanksgiving, and all oh, I could really? think was, I wish I could be a Dracus. <laughs> well, my my son keeps wanting to take the Dracus, and he because he knows that that's the one I want to take. I'm like, no, this one's mine. How about your games? Can we talk about that? 
Or would you like to talk about that? Tell of us. Of course about we could. I would love to talk about those. Uh, let's see. I'm an amateur designer, meaning I have many games that I've been designing, designed, are kind of almost complete. Nothing published. I honestly have no idea what to do with a game if I ever actually get it to a point where it could be published because I have like zero contacts. And from what I hear, you have to have contacts if you really want to get into that road or that uh, scene. But yeah, I'll get there when I get there. I have... Uh, it all started when uh, I was playing like Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and stuff like that. And I would get really frustrated with just the collectability of the game and so i realized that like most of the time the person who wins games like that is whoever can afford the better deck and have the more expensive cards in it so what got me started in game design is i wanted to design a game similar in aspect a battling duels whatever but all you used is a basic deck of cards and that's what I did. And that game's actually called Pistol and Blades. And I should have the full rule set up on my Facebook page somewhere. And that one's been tested and good. And I haven't found any real faults with that one. The only issue is it's, you know, you play with a deck of cards. There's not much more I can do with that. <laughs> but that was my first real test into it. And after that, my first instinct was to go straight to designing a Name of the Wind game. Which... I jumped into head first and realized it is really hard to design a game. Because <laughs> I, I started with this big plan of making this big world game and uh, like the board just be a big map of the university. And what is it? How do you pronounce it? Imre? Imir? Imre. Imre. That's how I pronounce it too. Okay, we're on the same page. We're good. Uh, then you'd have that on it. It'd be a big worker placement, and you can all you're trying to do is get enough money for tuition, and you can get expelled and all this. So this massive game, and I realized it's just really hard to make it all work together. So I kind of put that on the shelf. I uh, designed a card game called Gods, and that's you know in testing still at the moment. That's been like two years since I designed that one. Uh, I designed a game called Revenant about uh, campers in the woods being eaten by bears. That Sounds one's pretty familiar. fun. Got on that one. Uh, and then my latest one that I've actually been getting a lot of good buzz with the uh, test players is uh, the name of the wind one. I've, I've, the newer one I've designed is the Archives, Ledger Wars. Ooh. I decided to go back to my uh, name of the wind big game and saw it was still too much to try to tackle and i decided to break it up into pieces maybe make smaller games of different things and the first one that really clicked was the archives i said what what sort of game could we do with that and how about shelving books according to some ledger Ooh, and then and then other and then other scriv want to burn your ledger because they're not doing it the same as you and that's how the whole game got started uh, if somebody wanted to look at these games we could go to facebook.com backslash punk vest games and you have yep. the rules for pistols and swords and then you have I think you have rules for the archives too, right? 
I do. I what's up there currently uh, might not be accessible right now, but I am working on updating the print and play. And once that is updated, then I can uh, load that up, and people can not only just look at the rules, but print out the whole game and play it if they want. Of course, if they do that, I would definitely appreciate them emailing me, telling me how it went, and if there's anything they would change. So once that's up, that'll be up. And uh, I, I'm not huge or great at Facebook and keeping up on it, but I do post every so often when something does happen, and I'm able to actually get some information out there. But yeah, but uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you want to play it, uh, look it up and... Hopefully it'll be available. Just print it out and play. I'll include a link in the show notes, so you don't have to remember Punk Fest games. Or if you don't okay. remember, you can you can look it up. <laughs> have you made any other fan you don't type have... stuff? I have delved a little bit into painting, and so far I have done four paintings, all of them based on Name of the Wind. One was his lute with the broken string. One was the uh, pennant pole. In the middle of the university, another was, ooh, just the uh, the bottles and stuff in between the two barrels, and I think I posted those all to the Facebook page, uh, and then the last one was a little itty bitty one. I did the Sieldish, uh currency, the uh, Jot, Talent, and Drab, and that one I actually gave to Pat last time. I I just recently for Christmas gave my children the uh, golden screw in the belly button story and I, uh, I took took it straight out of the book at least the story part and uh, and illustrated it for them and then had that printed out and gave that to them because they absolutely love that story and they laugh every time even though they know that what happens in the end <laughs> I did make one minor edit through the whole thing though I changed the word I changed the word ass to butt oh. because I can't have my kids running around with bats. So does that mean you haven't taught them I, the lyrics to Jackass, Jackass? I have not. No, no, not yet. I, I figure when they're sixteen, they can read the books for themselves and have a full appreciation, and then we'll we'll sing some Tinker Tanner together. There you go. Jackass, Jackass. That'll be good fun days. <laughs> How did your kids hear the story if they haven't read the books? Mm. Did you just read it to them? Uh, what happened was actually uh, last time is like three months ago. So sometime during last summer. he uh, Pat came to West Virginia to do a reading, signing, all that, all that stuff. And it was like a, I found out about it like two weeks before it was supposed to happen. So... Right then, I went home and was like, all right, we got to cancel plans. We live in Ohio, so we're like, okay, we're going to we're gonna attempt to get down there and do this. Because Pat does not come this far uh, east very often. So we scrapped all the plans we were doing that weekend. And we, me, my wife, and my two kids, we actually were planning to, we planned to do a little road trip. And it was going to be like a four-hour drive. And if anybody has kids, they know how they can be during long drives and somehow this one turned out really good oh good I don't know what it was but they were well behaved they we had a great time the whole way through and one of the things that was just simply amazing was 
during a good portion of the car ride, we would actually read together. So my son brought one of his books that he was reading, and he started just reading us a chapter at a time. And then I started reading to them one thing here, something there. And then I finally was like, well, you know what? I, I got my wise man's fear here because I need to get it signed anyway, and I have it here in the car. I might as well read them something out of it because they'll be meeting him later today. And uh, so I racked my brain on what to read them, and then I was like, oh, I've got it. <laughs> and quickly found it, switched over, read it to them, and they loved it. And then later that day, they told him how much he liked it. And uh, Pat actually was, like, uh, very appreciative. He said he... Uh, he said that story was actually told to him by his father, and he liked it so much he decided to put it in his books as well. So. I didn't know that. That's funny. Well, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to talk about or say? Hmm. I will leave you with one thought. Or at least one statement on that. Whatever is in Kvothe's box. It is not his name. <laughs> That's all I have to say for that. You can find me on the, the Facebook page and argue with me if you like. Well, since we're here, what, what do you think <laughs> is in the box? Well, you gotta, you gotta deconstruct a book how it is. Kvothe says so many times throughout the thing what his most precious thing in the world is, and it's most of the time music. And that's what this whole book is written about. So if he's going to lock anything in that chest that he really wants to get out, it's got to be his loot. And, like, that's... To me, that's the one thing that makes him Kavoth, is his music. Like... Before he was able to do magic, he could do music. Before he could fight, he could do music. Before he could talk. He and could it was even his music. Yeah. Before he... Like, the music training and the training he got specifically because of that is what helped shape his mind and his ability to do most of that stuff as well. And so in, in the end... That is also what he is known for. So when he starts at his inn and does not want to be noticed, he's got to put that loot away. He's got to, he can't be out there playing it or they will know that is him. Anybody who has heard a song he wrote, heard him play in Emray, they will know it is him. So he's got to lock that away. And him being without his music for so long has got to just completely depress him. And the fact that he goes and tries to open it and fails is he's just got to beat him down even more. And so I, I, at my thoughts, it's his loot in there. And if he does, in book three, get it out and starts playing it, I think that's going to do infinitely more for him becoming who he really is. And what, uh, what better way to drive the silence away than playing music. It's good. It's good. I think it could be both. I think that his he hid his name in his mind, and the key to unlocking mm -hmm. that room is his loot. 
and so it's both. Could be. I, the only argument I could think of against that is uh, they say it over and over and like when he's in the inn, he becomes himself again. Like he might not be able to do his full powers, but I, I kind of chalk that up. He's, he's very out of practice. He's very like, I'm not an expert in depression or anything, but I've gone through bouts of it to where it affects you so much that you do feel down. You do feel like, ah, what's the point? And that's kind of how he feels most of the time. But then when the travelers come through and he's singing and, and putting Tinker Tanner together with all the things, he almost becomes himself again because he's allowed to do that. So like if his name is hidden away in his mind or something, I would think it'd be harder for him to like come out of that. And like be himself for a little bit. Now his powers, like yeah, like his powers and his fighting and all that, I chalk that up to just not practicing. But that's me. Well, hopefully we'll find out sooner oh. rather than later. <laughs> I definitely hope so too. I, it, I, I've got to like uh, when the third book does come out, it's going to be so hard for me not to just like flip to the back of the book to try to figure out what's happening. I'm going to have to control myself and make sure I start at the beginning and get all the way through. It should be fine. I I am not trying to do that at all. (laughs) I am terrible at that. Books, I often read the last page before the first page. Or I'll read like the first chapter and I'll skip to the last page or two and be like, hmm. I've done that. It doesn't. I've done that before. It is. It's that weird like uh, thing where you read the last few lines and you're like, get this. Where you go, I, I don't get this at all. And then you read the whole book and you're like, oh, I get it. Clever. All right. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that with book three. Don't do that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> the, the more the build up, the more likely it is that I am just to, even before, like, I open the book just straight to the last page. And it's like, and the inn burned and everyone was dead. Be like, all right, I'm ready for this now. Yeah, I know how this ends. <laughs> now I can read slowly instead of hurrying to the end. Well, the thing is, he's like, if he's going to keep it to the same tempo as all the books, it's got to end on a silence of three parts. The Somehow. The silence as the wind blows through the ashes <laughs> and bones. <laughs> the silence of a man who has died. Yeah. You're like, oh, man. Well, well, we'll find out soon enough. Well, thank you, Jeff, for talking with me today. No problem. It's been a blast. I love talking about these books, and it's really nice to have someone to talk to about it because on the Facebook page, I mean, we can talk all day long, but it's, you know, in short blurbs and a sentence here and a sentence there. But when you can actually physically talk to someone about it, it uh, it's so much more refreshing. I look forward to having you back and we can talk some more. Thanks everyone for listening. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, etc., you can reach me at roadtotinue at gmail.com. Music by Mark Haas. You can find more KKC music by Mark Haas on his YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Mark Haas Music. See you on the road. <laughs>